Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. Okay, I want to start a new series with you. And I feel this is very important. I want to be dealing with hearing God's voice or hearing the voice of God, whichever way you want to put it. Very important. I remember, some of you may not remember, but those who have been with us in 2004, very precise, I think, in the month of April on the 7th, I dealt with this subject. But I'm going to be expanding on it. I have to do this because some of the questions that are coming to me, the need for us to hear his voice. We just read John 10, verse 27, and Exodus 20, verse 18. So our major test is going to be that John 10, 27. And it says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. Exodus 20, 18. Bible says, and all the people saw the thunderings and lightnings is on Mount Sinai, and the noise of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Amen? Now, if you go down in other scriptures, the Bible now says, God said, the people are well spoken. I will talk to you. But what happened is, I will also raise up a prophet unto you, Deuteronomy account. And such a man you are going to listen to. But when you fail to listen to him, I'll deal with you. So, essentially here, it simply means that God intends us to hear him. He was speaking to the whole people. He was speaking to the whole community, to the, to the nation of Israel. They made a request. We don't want to hear you. Talk to Moses. I'll let Moses talk to us. Whatever be the reason, whether it was thundering or lightning, the point is they requested. Nobody died when it was thundering. Did anybody die? But they are the one that made the request. We don't want to hear anymore. Talk to Moses. I'll let Moses talk to us. So, Essentially, we are the one that makes God not to talk to us or that stops all ourselves from hearing God, but God wants to communicate. Like he said, in, like we said in John 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice. So if you are a sheep of God, then it is imperative that you must do what? Hear God and hear God for yourself. Hallelujah. In this study, we're going to be dealing with what makes us not to hear God, the benefit of hearing God, and the mediums by which God speaks to us. Three major aspects we're going to be covering as we progress. Now, let's go to Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 2. Hebrews 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, had in this last day spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Now, I want you to come to the place of, how do I put it now? Just like there is a convergence. Understand me. God will be speaking in various times, using different methods, speaking to the prophet. But he says in this last season that we are, he is speaking through the son. 
That means all of these speakings, they converge in who? In the Son. So John 10 is saying, my sheep does what? Hear my voice. That means God has gathered the whole nations as a sheep and given them unto who? Unto Christ. Now, it's him you need to listen to. It's him, whatever thing he says now is what matters. I don't know if you catch that. Good, God is speaking true, but now it has to be Christ. It means whatever thing he says now is what heaven sanctions. So even if the prophet is to prophesy for you, then he must prophesy in Christ. I don't know if you're catching that. Whatever method that you're going to hear God from should be rooted through who? Through Christ. That's the point I'm raising. Hallelujah. Now, hearing God's voice, to teach hearing the voice of God is very, very subjective. Highly subjective. But I mean, it's a difficult subject. Because it's not something that you can easily handle. But that I mean, the question is, how do I hear? Are you getting that? Now, the way, for instance, I hear God may not be the way you hear God. That's why it is very subjective. It's not something you put on a, on a plane and say, this is the way, this is the way. But I'm going to attempt to make you see some method by which he speaks. And then you're going to be able to identify with the one that God is using more to talk to you. Because it could be possible that God is talking to you, but you're not hearing because you do not know. God could speak through audible voice. He could also speak through signs. Most people have come to the conclusion where he speaks through peace of mind. But that's fine. But again, you should be able to come to the place where you separate your mind from God. That's why I say it's very subjective. I don't know if you're getting this. You should be able to get your mind away from God. I mean, from that which you think maybe could be the peace of God. People have certain ability or configuration where they are generally not moved by anything. I don't know if you have noticed that. There are some people who are never moved at all. That you are not moved at all doesn't mean it's God. Are you getting that? Yeah. So, we're going to be able to look at this very critically. Some suggesting various methods by which God speaks. Uh, let it also be noted that God speaking audibly right, does not necessarily have more advantage than other methods by which it speaks to us. It doesn't. It is still God talking. Are you getting that? So, we cannot say, well, the only way for us to believe that this is God is when we hear an audible voice. That's not true. Absolutely, that's not true. He can use circumstance. He can use various methods by which he talks to us. He use dreams, he use visions, he use trance, 
All these are ways by which he talked to us. So it's not just the issue of audible voice. And except you've been trained to hear God audibly, sometimes if he speaks to us audibly, we may not even be able to understand. You, you see, you come to the place when in John 12 and several other places, whenever God speaks, the people say he thundered. They hear God as if it's the thunder. But Jesus will say, this boy did not come. You understand? He came for your sake, not for my sake. But the people who had it fairly thundered. Now, if it's thundering, that means you can't really pick exactly what is going on because... <laughs> Are you still there? Good. And then, we have people who talk about God speaking through this still small voice. Hmm? So, there are various ways by which God speaks. And I can also make you see, as we get down to the book of Revelation, help me, Father, God can also speak to you through silence. It's not only in thundering, you also speak in silence. Like when you get down to the book of Revelation, the Bible says, after the, one of the angels opened the seal, the Bible said, and there was silence in heaven. What is that supposed to mean? It simply means the man that was beholding what was going on have to have a communication from heaven, not from the terms of thundering and lightning or sound, whatever. But God now communicates himself in a silent mood through your spirit. You receive ministration in your spirit, man. You can know this is God talking. Are you sitting there with me? Praise the Lord. So, again, we said, John 10, my sheep hear my voice, 27, 28, and I know them, and they follow me. He said, and I'll give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Let's quickly look at a few things here. The sheep of Christ are not those who are included or, as I put it now, in an eternal decree to the exclusion of other people. What I'm trying to say here is the glory of God, the justice of God, the mercies of God is revealed to everybody. It's not exclusive to Christians. Only because they fail to follow and hear and believe. Did you get that? Good. What I mean to say is that everybody is meant to hear, everybody is meant to believe, everybody is meant to believe and follow and obey. It's for everybody. Is that okay? Hallelujah. He is the savior of the world. He's not the savior of some people. Am I right? So if he's the savior of the world, it means the whole world were supposed to hear him, believe him, and follow him. So the statement is not excluding people, but people are excluding themselves. Come on, did you get that? So you can exclude yourself from what Jesus is saying here, if only you will not believe, if only you will not listen, if only you will not follow 
and obey whatever thing he says. You are the one excluding yourself. For the wise is meant for everybody because it's the savior of the whole world. Is that okay? The follow me. It's a clear indication that it's typifying what happened in Israel, Palestine. The flock followed the shepherd. The pasture and to streams where they drink from. Is that okay? All right. Remember what he said in John 10, verse 3? The dog, the goat shepherd, upon the door, the sheep follow. Is that okay? The following is not just walking blindly. He leads you to the place of still water, to drink and to graze. Is that all right? So if you are following him, you have a guarantee of pasture in life. But now you can't follow until you begin to do what? Hear him. Talked about those who are led by the Spirit of God and the sons of God. We're going to be touching all of that. Is that okay? But you have to be a leading as a believer. That's the main thing. So here, Christ, as it were, the Spirit takes us to where there are goodness and mercy, treasures, pleasures, water, wherever. All of those things that brings the abundant life or typify the abundant life, he takes us to them. But then we must hear him and follow. And not just follow, we must obey whatever thing he's saying. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Okay. So, hear my voice in John 10, 3 and 4, applies basically like we're saying to Christians, means that they hear and obey his commandments, like we're saying now. My sheep hear my voice. The voice of stranger, they will not hear. Is that okay? And they follow me. Right. So it simply means Christians are a group of people, or a community of believers who believe into Jesus and whatever thing is asks them to do, they do. Whatever thing asks them, I mean, which way to go, they just follow. They are just followers of one man called Jesus. Is that okay? Come on. Are we here? Okay. Now, when you say my sheep, yeah, my boys, that means there were some people who were already not sheep. He was talking to people. Now, the statement is indicating that there are some people that who do not believe him. Is that okay? Good. So now, the problem with this group of people was simply this. They will not hear, they will not believe, and they will not follow. I will, I will rightly say these are the, the Pharisees. These are the scribes and the Pharisees, but here in particular the Pharisees. Pharisees will not hear him. The Pharisees will not follow him. The Pharisees will not believe him. So when he says, my sheep hear my voice, automatically saying that there are some people who do not hear what I'm saying, I will not want to hear what I'm saying, and so they won't believe in me, and because they won't believe, they won't follow me. Are you following me? So automatically... It's a separation between the Pharisees and the followers of Jesus in this particular chapter. That also means that if you come to the place in your life where you do not believe what Jesus says, you do not obey what he says, and to follow him, you automatically make yourself a Pharisee. Because, I have said it before, there is no question of somebody does not believe. Even if you say you don't believe in God, simply means you don't believe in God, but you believe that there is no God. You are still a believer. 
Come on, are you there with me? You are not going, there's, no, there's no free space. No, 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 no. So I don't believe, I'm not a believer. But you are a believer because you said you don't believe. It's just that you don't believe on the negative side. But you are a believer. So everybody is a believer. So here, but we're talking about those who believe in Jesus. Is that okay? So if you don't believe in Jesus, you are a believer, but you don't believe in him. In other words, because you don't believe in him, you can't hear him, therefore you can't follow. Is that okay? You can't hear him, therefore you can't follow. But you are a believer. Makes no difference. You are still a believer. Are you still there? You can say you are a taste. You still believe. Your belief is there is no God. But you are a believer. Whichever way. Hallelujah. Are we together? So, but like we said, God generally wants on people to hear him. You believe that? Because like he was saying, he was speaking to the whole of Israel. He wants all persons to hear him. Why? Because he's a savior of the whole world. Not some people. Not some class of people called Christians. He wants everybody to hear him. Hallelujah. Because you see, I think it was David writes in the book of Psalm and he says, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Right? The firmament declare the glory of God. That means people can read and say God exists by reason of what you see up there. So God is even speaking through the stars, through the cloud. The things you see are declaring that God exists. So you have no excuse to say there is no God. Is that all right? So God is speaking. But that is not to say, as a believer, you go into horoscope because they haven't declared the glory of God. Therefore, you want to read your stars from the stars. How many of you know that? You know what is called horoscope? Yeah. We, we don't have to go into horoscope to determine our destiny. Our destiny is Christ. Is that okay? Now, you must understand that we are sitting together with Christ in heavenly places and that is above the stars. So if we are sitting above the stars, you can't allow that which is under you to determine that which is supposed to be above you. You are above the stars, so the stars can determine your future. Because you are sitting together with him in heavenly places. You are above the stars, so stars can control you. Now you must come to this understanding of the things of God that certain things that are affecting people are not supposed to affect you. Now, I, I remember reading some time past and say women, they have problems during the seasons, their season, you know what I'm talking about, especially when the flood is high and stuff like that. Man, you're not supposed to be living under that kind of condition anymore because you're above those elements of creation. Water level that rises in your system. You know what they teach it geographically speaking? So when the water level is high, your water level pops up. When the lunar moon, you know, is halfway, your blood, I mean, your water level goes up and you begin to react abnormally. The element in creation can no longer control you because you are above them. You are sitting together with Christ in heavenly places. Are you following me? Come on. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's look at a few characteristics of being a sheep. I just want to mention a few things here that brings you to being a sheep. My sheep hear my voice. So we're looking at a few characteristics that makes you a sheep. One, you must be born from above. I intentionally have to use the word above because the word again seems to be confused within the body of Christ. Men are kind of being confused the word again. So it leads to so many questions. Being born again and again and all of that. But the word again essentially means above. You must be born from above. That's what it means. Is that okay? Hallelujah. 
Number two, a sheep listens to Jesus. I'm just looking at the characteristics. My sheep hear my voice. A sheep listens to Jesus. So you always be asking yourself these questions as I'm just going through them. Are you truly born from above? You should know if your homeland is from above right now. Is that okay? Then you must come to the place where you should also ask yourself the question, do you listen to him? Do you listen to him? In your decision making, in the things you do, do you listen to him? My sheep hear my voice. So a characteristic of sheep is that which listens to him. Number three, they know his voice. My sheep hear my voice, they know me and the voice of stranger, they will not hear, they will not follow. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Have you come to your place in God, your walk in God, where you can say, this is Christ talking to me now. This is God talking to me now. Have you come to that place? They know his voice. I mean, get to think about it. The Bible made us to understand that in the garden, the cool of evening, Adam and Eve heard the voice of God. They knew God was passing by. They have become so familiar, so acquainted with God, they know how God moves. And listen, they didn't see a figure, they heard the voice of God, and they knew God was around. Have you come to that place in your life where you can conclusively say, this is Christ talking to me, when you're taking the decision? The characteristic of being a sheep. Have you come to that place? In your decision making, in your planning, have you come to that place? where you can conclusively say, this is Christ talking to me. But that's the way it should be. Hallelujah. And when you've come to start knowing and following, after knowing his voice, the next thing you follow. Now, if you are following the Lord, you must come to the place of knowing fully that your will no longer plays a part. Because you see, when the sheep is going after the shepherd, they don't determine their course anymore. Is that Okay. They are so confident on the shepherd that they don't determine anything else except they're just wandering away. So they follow as he leads them. Have you come to that place in your life where you are sure, for sure, that as I walk, I follow in him. He's leading me. Hallelujah. Number five. As you follow, he gives you eternal life. The Bible tells us he will lead you into the place of eternal life. That's guaranteed. If you can follow. And number six, you can be destroyed. Because he won't lead you to a ditch. It's only the blind that leads the blind that they both will fall into the ditch. Jesus is not blind. He said, let the blind follow the blind. And they both will fall into the ditch. But Jesus is not blind. So if you follow him, you are sure of security. You can be destroyed. Amen? And number seven, you will never backslide. If there is anything like that. Hallelujah. Come on. Are you there with me? Good. All right. So having just raised these few points, let's get into something in Hebrews 3, verse number 7. Hebrews 3, verse number 7. Remember where we're coming from? John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me and the voice of stranger they will not hear. Is that okay? So we're dealing with hearing the voice of God. And it's important. It's a crucial subject that we're treating that there's a need for you to understand this. Verse 7, Hebrews 3. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saved, saved my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. 
today if you will hear his voice. Whose voice? The voice of Christ. Because Hebrews 1 says, in time past, can you get that? The Lord spoke in diverse manners through the prophets. But in this last day, which is the today, and how many of you understand that the last day began on the day of Pentecost? Last day is not something that the Antichrist is coming forth some days. He's not talking about the last days. When things happen, people say, oh, well, this is a sign of the end time. This is the last day. That's not what the Bible says. Hallelujah. You want to talk about the last days, you can go back to Genesis chapter 49. You know what happened? The Bible says, Jacob called the children and he says, in the last days of his life, he called the children and began to speak to them what's going to happen to them in the last day to come. Genesis 49. So the last day is based upon and directly connected to the fulfillment of the prophecy of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the end of the Jewish order. Is that okay? This is that which is spoken by Prophet Joel. In the last days, I shall pour out my spirit. Last day is based upon, directly connected to the end of the economy of the Jewish order and the beginning of a new era. That's your last day. So for you, what's your last day? The day you left the world and come into Christ, that's your last day. It's the beginning of a new day. So you are another day which is called today. Are you listening to me? So when we say today, we're talking about now we're living in the last days. Last days based on the revelation of Christ. Is that okay? And speaking to his people. No longer through symbols, no longer through, as it were, with the prophets of old. But the voice is now coming from the sun. And so the voice of the last day is the voice of the sun. So today, if you will hear his voice. How many of you remember what he said in Luke chapter 13, verse 31, 32? When he said, better get out of Judea because Herod is about to kill you. Luke 13, 31, 32. Remember what he said? He said, go tell that fox. Today and tomorrow I do cures and healing. On the third day, I shall be perfected. How many of you remember that? What is the eye? The eye is not just I, Jesus. The eye is speaking about his body. On the third day, my church shall come to the place of maturity. Glory to God. Are you still there? <laughs> you have to understand that. That directly connected to the transition that we are in the body of Christ. We speak of the three dimensions of the manifestation of the church. Part of that that I'm going to be dealing with on Saturday, which you're going to be around. Hallelujah. Because you see, the church is simply a people that are called out from a system. It could be an individual. It could be corporate people. But the word church, which is ecclesia, simply means the call out one. So, Abraham was a church because he was called out of his family. Are you getting that? Amen. He was a church. And anytime God calls a people out, he wants to reveal something else. And he said, I'm going to make a nation out of you. Are you getting that? So he made a nation out of Abraham. Therefore, Abraham was a church. And out of the nation he made out of Abraham, he had the first church that came out of Egypt. When he called people from Egypt, he had a church. The pastor was Moses. Are you still there? Now, from that church, he called up another church on the day of Pentecost. So he found out the first people that made the, the Pentecostal church were Hebrew people. Peter and all of that. They were Jewish believers from the church that was in the wilderness. But I can tell you also, 
from that church that God formed on the day of Pentecost, there is another church again that is coming out, and it's called the church of the man child. That is why in Romans 12, the Bible made us to understand the woman gave back to the man child who shall rule the nation. It was not the woman that was going to rule, it was the man child. The woman had 12 stars upon her forehead, on her head, which symbolized the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. But out of the 12 apostles, which is the church that came out of the church in the wilderness, there is another church called the Manchild Church that's going to rule the nations. Can I hear amen? Summary of a few things. That's okay for you. You can go and research for yourself. Okay. So today, if you hear a voice, harden not your heart. By implication, don't try to provoke Jesus. Not just provoking him. Don't prove him. Don't be rebellious. Don't be disobedient. Christ is speaking to you. Follow whichever thing, whatever thing is asking you to do. Follow him. He will lead you astray. You can trust him with all your life. And it will be good for you doing so. Hallelujah. So like I'm saying, everyone can hear God. This tells us that it is possible to hear the voice of God because God is speaking today. Is that okay? Today, if you hear his voice, hiding out your heart, simply tell us that God is still speaking. Am I correct? God is still talking. So the problem is, are we hearing? Are we hearing God? That's the issue. So that's what we're trying to look at. How can we hear him? How do we know this is the voice of God? What are the means by which he's talking to us? That's why this is very essential. Because it takes you to the place of total victory, not just in life, but it brings you to the place of the realization of God's eternal purpose and his will for your life. Hearing the voice of God. Hallelujah. So like we said before, back again to the Hebrews chapter 1. God is speaking. Hebrews 1. Let's just take it now and then see what happens. Let me take it from the Amplified. Let's go to the Amplified translation. In many separate revelations. Now, I want you to catch that because it's very important. Each of which set forth a portion of the truth. Mm -hmm. and, and we can go on now to start talking about the move of God. Even right from the time of Martin Luther. The Baptists. The Lutherians. The Anglicans, The Roman Catholics. These are portions of revelations. Are you getting that? Separate set portions of revelations until we come to the place of where we people say we're Pentecostals. It's still a portion of revelation. Did you get that? Now I want you to look at that. In many separate revelations, each of which set for a portion of the truth. The truth. Listen and listen closely. It means all the revelations are, are pointing towards the truth, but all of them are revealing an aspect of the truth. What is the truth? Christ. Can you get that? So the Baptist took one aspect and he said, I'm a Baptist. And he settled there. And another one came and said, well, I'm a Lutheran. The judge shall live by faith. And he settles there. It's a portion. The Pentecost second said, I am the only one. We have power. We can heal the sick. The Baptist can do that. These ones can do that. Ugly can do that. It's just but what? A portion. Hmm? The wasteland comes, amen, sanctification. 
Glory to God. That is the ultimate. It's just but what? A portion of the truth. Are you following this? So God has been revealing himself, revealing the portion of the truth to men from time past. Sometime I'm going to put it on record on the move of God through human history. Right from the days of Luther down to where we are, down to even Nigeria. And then 70s and in the 60s when people like Benson Dahosa begin to come with the faith movement in Africa. I can trace it for you. They are all portions of the truth. It doesn't end there. Are you sitting there with me? Glory to God. So now, he said in many separate revelations, it of which set for the portion of truth and in different ways God spoke of all to our forefathers and in by what? The prophets. But, and anytime you read, you get the word but, you pay attention to the but. Huh? Look at the way Jesus speaks. You have heard. Thou shalt not. But I say, it's a new order. Did you get that? You, you have read, or you have been told, or you've heard. Thou shalt not kill. But I say, so when you, you see, he's saying, get out of what you've heard and come to the birth season. The birth changes the first thing you know. And for you to walk in the new season, you go over from the other side to the birth side. So now, portions of revelations have been going on. But, in this last of these days, he, God now, has spoken to us in the person of his son. Hallelujah. Meaning, if you want to see the conglomeration of all the revelations God has ever been putting forth, you find them in one person. So if you can find Christ, then you know everything about the past and even in the future. All that you need to know and want to know is finding who? In Christ. That's all. Can you get it? Whom he has appointed heir and lawful owner of all things also by and through whom he created the worlds and the riches of space and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. How many of you can remember? Without void, without form and void. Can you get it now? He brought order to that which was without form and void. Hallelujah. You see, he made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them what? In order. No more form and void. Now it's God form. Are you still there with me? Okay. So, why is God speaking to mankind? Let's try to find an answer. Why is God interested in speaking to mankind? Let's think about it. The essence of God speaking to mankind is the manifestation of his love to the world. Amen? I want you to get this. Why is God speaking to mankind? I said, the major and excellent reason, the major reason God is speaking to mankind is the manifestation of his love to the world. By giving a revelation of his will relative to the salvation of mankind. And so preparing the way through a loving train of years 
or long train of years, which are meant to introduce the most glorious being, his son, Jesus Christ. All of that which God had been doing, speaking through the prophets, doing this and doing that, they all point into one thing, the revelation of Jesus Christ. For the purpose of salvation, saving man, saving man rather, for the purpose of saving man. So he's, he's speaking to mankind and pointing all of them to one person, which is Jesus Christ, that through him he might save mankind. So Christ Jesus is the point of convergence of all the revelations of God, past, present, and even future. Are you following it? This son is the fullness of time. I mean, the fullness of time was manifested as a human being. Remember that? In the flesh, to complete all vision and prophecy. Supply that which was missing in order to perfect the great plan of revelation for the education of the world. And then die to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So, as we read before in the first part, which is Hebrews 1, verse 1, all the portion of revelations, like I said, were pointing down to one person. Is that okay? Right. So when Christ was manifested, he completed those prophecies and revelations and visions that had been there before. So, the completeness, that's why the Bible says, you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. He came to fulfill, he came to complete all the previous revelations, all the previous speakings of God. He is the embodiment of all that was ever prophesied. Whether by signs, symbols, voices, prophecies, everything, he just came to fulfill them all. Amen? And by the time he took all of those things to himself and to fulfill all of that was the next thing that happened. We are made to understand and we believe he went to the cross and died so that all that was spoken might not only be fulfilled, but that through that medium, he would take away the sin of the world. John 1.29, the Bible says, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin. We you take your Bible, put it up on the board. John 1.29. Let's take a look at it. The next day, John said, Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, we take it away. What? Not sins, but what? Sin of the world. Not many. One. Mm -hmm. There will be no room now to begin to explain this. Only one sin. Is that okay? And that is what he came to take away. He came to take away that one sin that the world committed. But as a problem to the world. Amen? Listen, I mentioned this, I think, last week. But the Bible talks about, you know, you know often and again we talk about the sinful nature. Have you heard people talk about that? We have sinful nature. We don't really have a sinful nature. What we have is we were born into 
mortality. We were born dead. Is that okay? We were born mortal. This is the root of mortality. This sin. The day you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. So what kills was introduced to man. So man was born dead. And so the Bible says, this mortal must put on what? Immortality. Get it right. So he came to take away the factor of mortality that was introduced to man. And that is why we must press on to the place where we realize what he came to introduce. And that is immortality. Amen? Okay, let's move on. So, all the prophecies came together, and then he fulfilled all of that. And by the time he went to the cross, he took absolute control. Now, and this has to do with all the various portions of revelations, like I said previous now. Then in, next in his sundry times, I will find it opposite. The word here is, in, I mean, intended to point out the imperfect state of divine revelation under the Old Testament that lacked completeness, nor can it be without the new being considered in a sufficiently perfect discovery of the perfect will. Let me explain what I'm trying to say here. Sundry times talks about the imperfect or incomplete revelations that God was given in order to reveal his will. Now his perfect will is revealed only in the New Testament, which is found in who? In Christ. So when he says sundry times, what he was doing at that time was to reveal his will. But these were coming in various shades and manners. Are you following me? But now you cannot have the complete revelation of what God is saying or God was saying without the New Testament. The complete revelation of God is found in the New Testament, but it's in a person. Is that okay? It's in a person called Christ. Look at what he said in Hebrews 10. Lo, I came to do thy will, O Lord. I come to do thy will, O Lord. The will of God, the divine will of God will be revealed inferior dimension in time past. But if completeness and the fulfillment of the will of God is found in Christ, and that is the New Testament. Hallelujah. Let me quickly say this. Anytime you read the Bible, but I think it's been corrected largely like you read the, the New Kingdom. When you are supposed to be reading things like in the world, on the world to come, what you see is in the age to come, which is better translation. Because the word world there is from the Greek word aeon. Aeon simply means an age. So we have the age of the Jewish order. And we have age of what we now call the New Testament in terms of Pentecostal order. Is that okay? They are ages. Now can I say something? Jesus made a simple statement to the disciples. In this world, you will have this. In the world to come, you will have that. Have you read that? Often and again, we translate that to mean in the ages to come in terms of when we enter into eternity. When he said that, he hasn't gone to the cross. Are you following me? Now, when he went to the cross, that was another age when he come up on the other side. The man that Jesus, I mean the Jesus of this age, when he was working in Palestine, was completely different from the Jesus that came up on the other side. The cross was a divide. Are you following me? So we need to understand 
God's perfect will. Let me, let me come this way. There is nothing wrong when you read the epistles. I mean the, the, the gospels. The gospels. Matthew, Mark, John, Luke. Right? Okay, Luke, John. In order. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Right? Okay. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But the best of it all is it is history. How many of you understand that? It's history. It was the history of a man that walked in Palestine. The things he did. Even the book of Acts was the history of Christ in glory manifesting to the Jewish people to a very large degree. If you listen to the first two, three broadcasts, I try to explain that, talking about the kingdom of God. Is that okay? But what am I trying to say? The Jesus that walked in Palestine is not the Jesus that is alive now. Are you getting this? So you must understand that there are two ages. Now, in this new age, he wrote epistles, not gospels. What am I trying to say? The letter to the church in Corinth. The letter to. The letter to. Now you watch this. I'm alive. I've got children. They know how I live my life. They can write about me. But if I transit into glory, for example, and I manifest through any of these pastors that works with me, and I say, you go and tell them. Are you following me? These and these and those. I mean, stuff like that. Which one will be more relevant to you? Is it the history about the way I live or what I'm asking you to do now? So you find that in the truth, and if you want to know the will of God and how to live for Christ, and to hear your voice, you are going to read the epistles, especially the letters of Apostle Paul. Because it was when he entered into glory that he began to speak to all these people. He spoke to Paul, he spoke to John, and they began to write. But the four Gospels are actually the historical aspect of who? Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? That's why I keep saying you find that Jesus never performed a single miracle when he rose from the grave. Read it. For 40 good years, this was a man that was walking and doing signs and wonders. But for 40 good days, he did nothing. He was only doing one thing, teaching and explaining the kingdom of God. But there was no record that he healed any man. Have you asked yourself why? Because now he was completely immortal. It was no longer flesh and blood, but flesh and bones. He was with a glorified body, not the corruptible flesh. Now, if he heals a man, that man can never die anymore. Because that which I have, I give unto you. Now, he has immortality. So, if he heals a man within those 40 days, that man will have been alive till now. But the time for immortality had not fully come. Therefore, he wouldn't do it. Because when it was... Pentecost was fully come. The glory came. So when the feast of tabernacle fully comes, men shall step into immortality. Are you following what I'm saying here? So we must understand the ages. Therefore, as he's speaking today, he's speaking on the other side. So whatever he asks you to do, like the mother will say, you do it. And that gives you the will of God. Praise the living God. Are you following me so far? So we are saying here that he used several methods to reveal those things, such as, you know, 
when he was speaking to the prophets and all of that, he was using angels. He could use angels, he could use visions, he could use dreams, mental impressions. <laughs> and these are some of the things we're going to be dealing with. Because think about it. There was no record. Where was it? God called Abraham. How did he call him? There was no record to say there was a voice. So how did Abraham hear God? God spoke to the woman of Zarephath to take care of Elijah. How did God speak to the woman? How did the woman know this was God? Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now, these are the things we're going to deal with. And then you'll be able to catch up with some of those things so that when God is speaking to you, we know that this must be God. For one thing, your spirit is not connected with the spirit of God. For he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. I'll catch you next week. Thank you.